0: Welcome to Ministry by Mail, a weekly sermon publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confession. Our sermon for the second Sunday in Lent is by Pastor Paul D. Nolting of Grace Lutheran Church, Valentine, Nebraska, Peace Lutheran Church, Mission, South Dakota, and St. Paul's Lutheran Church, White River, South Dakota. Our theme is Entrust Your Future to the Lord, based on the text of Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. Grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God we're going to consider this morning is taken from St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 31 to 35. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, that is to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you would not. Behold, your house is forsaken, and I tell you, you will not see me until the day you until you say, "Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord." So far, text. In Christ Jesus, who has secured our future in his heavenly kingdom, dear fellow redeemed, the future can be frightening in in this turbulent and this sin-filled world. More than two million refugees have now fled the Ukraine, since the Russian army invaded it just over three weeks ago. These refugees have crossed over the borders into countries like Poland, Romania, Hungary, and Slovakia, seeking safety. But they really have no idea of where to go after crossing the border. Families have been separated. Women and children exiting the country while men ages 18 to 60 have been required to stay inside the country to defend their homeland. All of their futures seem up in the air and filled with uncertainty. By the grace of God, our country has not been invaded, nor are we at war. Yet a recent poll by NBC News finds that 72% of Americans believe that the United States is headed in the wrong direction as President Biden enters the second year of his four year term. With inflation on the rise, with political divisions within our country seeming to grow ever greater. And with violence continuing to trouble many of the metropolitan areas of our country, our future as Americans also seems increasingly uncertain. How ought we view the future and the growing uncertainty confronting so many people within our nation and within our world today? Our text this morning reveals how Jesus dealt with the future. Jesus was facing a future of extreme difficulty, for it would be filled with rising opposition and multiple disappointments. And yet the future for Jesus was in no way uncertain, and neither is ours. Jesus demonstrates for us how we ought view our futures and any seeming uncertainty that those futures contain. I would therefore encourage each of you here today to entrust your future to the Lord. Yes, entrust your future to the Lord despite all opposition, despite any disappointments, knowing that you will receive the Lord's blessing. Yes, entrust your future to the Lord despite all opposition. Jesus faced tremendous opposition in his life on this earth, and especially as his earthly ministry drew close to a close. That opposition was both religious and political. As our text opens, Jesus is approached, interestingly, by a group of Pharisees who came to him with a warning. Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you, they told Jesus. Now, with rare exceptions, the Pharisees opposed Jesus as well. The Pharisees, those religious leaders of the Jews, together with their associates, the scribes, had as a primary message in their ministry that you would be saved by keeping the Mosaic Law and by following the religious traditions that they, the Pharisees, had accumulated and established over many generations. They opposed Jesus because Jesus clearly taught that you could not save yourself in that way. For the law's demands for perfection were simply unattainable. The purpose of the law, therefore, could not be to save a soul, because its demands were impossible to keep. The law's purpose, therefore, was that all who heard it would know in their hearts, come to that conviction within them, that they needed a Savior from their sins. The psalmist revealed, truly no one can ransom another or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice. The cost of saving human souls could only be and would only be paid by the shedding of the blood of the promised Savior. That teaching undermined the position and the influence of the Pharisees and all their associates, the Jewish scribes, the legal scholars. Why then would they come to Jesus with a warning that Herod, one of the political leaders of that day, wanted to kill him? We can't say for sure why they came but it certainly seems unlikely that they had any good intentions of protecting Jesus. Perhaps they simply wanted to scare Jesus away from Jerusalem and so in some way diminish his influence on the people. Maybe they wanted to intimidate him into silence. Irrespective of the reasons, Jesus' answer to these Pharisees reveals how Jesus dealt with opposition and how Jesus viewed the future. He told them, go and tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following. For it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. There was no uncertainty in Jesus' mind regarding the future. Jesus was on a mission. He had a calling from his heavenly Father to fulfill, and he was determined to fulfill it. Each day, he was determined to share with the people, as many as possible, the truths of the gospel that God his father had entrusted to him. And each day he, de- he was determined to use his divine power to demonstrate that he was who he claimed to be, the Son of God. He would continue to do that until the very day that he would be arrested, tried, crucified, and then die. In that way, Jesus would fulfill his father's plan as outlined in the Old Testament scriptures. And he would do that so that you and I might be saved. Now, my dear friends, Jesus knew every facet of his future, both while he would remain on this earth and when he would return to heaven. We don't know, as the children rightly said in the children's sermon, We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow as we live our current lives. We do know what our eternal futures hold, what will happen after we die. We will be raised from the dead on the last day. Our souls and our bodies will be reunited in perfection, and we will spend all of eternity in our Savior's presence. But does the fact that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow mean that our future on this earth is uncertain? No, it does not. Our God assures his believing children that all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Just as Jesus had a calling from his heavenly father to serve as the world's savior, So God, our Heavenly Father, has given each one of us any number of callings in this world. Yes, we do not know exactly what will happen tomorrow, but we do know this. Every day, our God will be with us and help us to fulfill our given callings in this world. He will enable us to do them even as he works all things together for our good. Therefore, we need not fear tomorrow, but rather simply place our trust in the Lord. For the Bible assures us, if God is for us, who can be against us? Therefore, entrust your future to the Lord, despite all opposition and despite any disappointments. In our text, Jesus continues with these words, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is forsaken. I'm not sure that we can fully appreciate the disappointment that burdened Jesus' heart as he looked ahead to the time when the Jewish religious leaders, his religious leaders, and his fellow Jews would be crying out, let him be crucified, his blood be on us and our children. The Jewish people, after all, were God's chosen Old Testament people. He had chosen them out of all the peoples on this earth, to embrace and to preserve the promise of the Savior for all people. But time and time and time again, they had turned away from God. They were unfaithful to him. They rejected the words of his prophets, as we heard in our Old Testament lesson this morning. And many of them they put to death. God had cried out to them time and time again, even as Jesus would cry out in his ministry, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But the vast majority of God's chosen people were unwilling to come. They felt no need to come. They sought their rest in other places and in other people. My dear friends, Our lives in this sin-filled world will often involve disappointments. Marriages end in divorce. Families feud over inheritances. Businesses are forced to file bankruptcy. Diseases strip people of good health. And individuals close to us can and do turn away from God. How ought we deal with our lives in this world when possible disappointments cloud our future's horizon? We could live in constant fear and dread of the other shoe dropping, but that's not what Jesus did, and that's not what Jesus wants for us. Jesus recognized that as part of God's creative process at the beginning of time, God had given every human being a free will. And since the fall into sin, that free will is exercised all too often in direct opposition to God. We have limited ability to control the decisions of others, those decisions, And the consequences of those decisions may well disappoint us and bring sorrow into our lives. But those decisions cannot and will not overcome God's plans for your life and mine. The Apostle Paul assures us God who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And he assures us That absolutely nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Consequently, let me once again encourage you entrust your future to the Lord. Despite all opposition and despite any disappointments, keep on fulfilling your God given callings, depending upon the Lord Himself to sustain you, knowing that you will receive the Lord's blessing. Jesus ends this text with both a warning to those who reject him and a promise to those who embrace him by faith. He says, I tell you, you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus withdrew his visible presence from this earth 40 days after his resurrection, when he ascended into heaven. But the two angels who appeared to his disciples on that day assured them that he would return. They said, this Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. We don't know when Jesus will return. But we do know he will return. And at that time, Paul informs us every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Those who have rejected Jesus in this world will bow the knee before Jesus when he returns in terror. But those of us who embrace Jesus by faith, who will likewise bow the knee to Jesus, will do so in joy. For his return will confirm everything that we have believed on the basis of Scripture. Then you will hear that wonderful invitation. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. My dear friends, our future in this world may seem uncertain at times due to a variety of circumstances, but do not give in to fear. Fear is a weapon that Satan uses to interfere with and to impede the work that God would have us do. Rather, entrust your future to the Lord. Yes, do so despite all opposition, despite any disappointments, and knowing that God has promised you, you will receive the Lord's blessing. (laughs) Amen. And may the peace of God which passes all understanding Keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. This has been a publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confessions Ministry by Mail. Visit clclutheran.org for more information. For print copies of this or other sermons, please visit lutheransermons.org.